very warm welcome to the first ever episode of Wax Popular Report, a UK-based podcast for NFL trading card collectors around the world. We'll be here talking about all aspects of the hobby, the products, the players, and the personalities, along with guest interviews, a sprinkling of NFL talk, and who knows what else will come up. If it's anything like our test recordings, we'll have to run the podcast past a team of libel lawyers before it's published. So now you have a rough idea about what we are, it's time to find out who we are and meet the three undrafted rookies who will be with you each episode. First up, let's meet Ryan. Yep, um, everybody, I'm Ryan Slaughter. Uh, I've been a Titans fan for 16 years, card collector the last few years. Um, I love it when it's got a white background and on-card auto, but uh, mainly I collect Titans and uh, high-end collegiate product. How did you get into uh, supporting the Titans to start with, Ryan? Yep, uh, I actually I went over to the States and did uh, I worked over there as a legal intern in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, absolutely fell in love with East Tennessee, people, food and football. So that's it for me. I've been a Tennessee volunteer and a Tennessee Titan ever since. What uh, highlights have you got from your time supporting the uh, teams out in Tennessee? Um, not very many. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think actually I think my main highlight uh, probably is uh, certainly not the Tennessee Volunteers being an atrocious decade, but um, certainly I think um, watching Chris Johnson his rookie season that was absolutely phenomenal. That was okay. Uh, what's the favourite card in your collection at the moment? Um, favourite card in my collection, I think, I think at the moment is probably I'm angling towards oh my Warren Moon National Treasures or uh, uh, Tops Tribute. Um, Earl Campbell. Okay. And finally, before we move on to Dan, uh, what's your prediction for the Titans this season? What's their record going to be? Um, I think um, I think we're going to probably go 11-5 and five and make the playoffs. Bold. Very bold. Next up, let's go live to Stoke-on-Trent and meet the legend that is Dan. Hello. Um, right, so I'm uh, Dan Hewitt. Massive US sports fan. Um, teams I follow, Yankees, Knicks, Rangers and Giants. Bit of a New York theme going on, if you were interested. Um, I've been collecting cards two years. I'm also a moderator of NFL Cards UK. Um, I've got three PCs, Giants, a one of one PC, and I try to collect a base set from every year I've been collecting. Okay. So what made you a New York sports fan in particular then? I uh, I went over to the States actually to watch England play football, soccer, I suppose, for the purpose of the podcast. Um, and they, they played in New York. I absolutely fell in love with the place. Um, and that was where the rest of the team spawned from. I was a Giants fan anyway. I, I, when I first started watching the NFL on Sky, I... Um, I decided to pick a team at the end of the first season who'd made the playoffs. Um, chose the Giants. They got all the way to the Super Bowl and lost to the Baltimore Ravens and then didn't get back for five years or so. Yeah, so uh, getting to the Super Bowl twice since that point, since I started to support them and obviously knocking off the Pats, um, which would have been a record, a record-winning season. Um, they've got to be the Allards, definitely. That's cool. And have you got a favourite card in your collection at this moment in time? I uh, I had one that was that was sort of standout, and then 
Um, it's possibly been joined by another one now. So, um, send me one of one YA Tittle. It is a it's a sticker auto, unfortunately, for a one of one. Um, and uh, with as you can tell from the PCs, I've got a bit of a thing about one of ones. Um, and I just picked another one up of my favourite player, Jeremy Shockey. Um, so that's probably joined it as my two joint favourite cards. That's cool. Can you actually remember the first card you ever got, Dan? I, I can, and um, it'll probably interest you. I've got it sat in front of me here. Um, it's what got me into card collecting, actually. I found it on eBay. It's numbered to 75. Top's finest RPA. Um, the player is Giovanni Bernard for the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. Who would have thought that? and I looked at it on eBay and it's because it's numbered to 75 uh, I knew that card collecting was a big thing in America and I thought wow there's there's only 75 of them Um, that's got to be worth some money I'm sure and I picked it up on the cheap and I've still got it because nobody else wants it when you say you picked up on the cheap how much did you pay for it? Uh, about two or three quid really wasn't expensive and now that's probably worth 30 or 40 pence perhaps something like that yeah <laughs> but, but I, I mean I, it's, it's not worth anything because I, I can't get rid of it try as I might so we've established we've got Ryan the Titans fan Dan the Bengals and Giants fan and that comes down to just me uh, I'm Brian Walter a Seahawks fan since the late 1980s yes I am that old uh, became a Seahawks fan when the NFL uh, was first shown by Channel 4 way back in the day I was still at school every uh, guy that was watching needed to pick a team and I'm also a QPR fan but we'll gloss over that very quickly <laughs> at this present time and that summer uh, the Seattle Sounders soccer team as they call themselves they played QPR in a friendly so I thought I need to pick a team have Seattle got a team I didn't know anything about them didn't know where Seattle was on a map couldn't have picked it out if you'd have asked me and Seattle did have a team, so I thought that'll do. And those were the, the halcyon days of uh, Dave Craig, went on to Kelly Stoffer. And then we drafted Rick Myra, <laughs> who was shockingly bad in the early 90s. Gone through those, and yeah, the last six, seven years have been extremely good as a Seahawks fan, culminating in the uh, Super Bowl victory against the Denver Broncos. High spot of being a Seahawks fan was probably, uh, well, the Super Bowl victory itself was great. But I was out there for the NFC Championship game when the famous Richard Sherman tip to Malcolm Smith. And I'm I'm not bothered to admit that me and a bloke next to me who I've never met before, n- no idea who it was, after that moment we were both jumping up and down, crying in each other's arms. So that's it. Card collecting. <coughs> I started collecting back in the 90s when uh, products first uh, were out. You could only get a few here and there at a couple of card fairs in London. Only came back to the hobby probably about two years ago now when I was out on one of my regular trips to Seattle. Uh, I was buying lots of memorabilia and signed helmets and other bits and pieces. And at the counter, I saw a couple of team sets. I thought, you know what, I'll pick those up. Got back to the hotel, looked on eBay, saw there was phenomenal amounts of cards uh, and started my obsession from there. My name is Brian and I am a cardaholic. Now you know who we are it's time to go on to the first section now we're going to have a look back at some products that have released over the last month or so 
In fact, a couple released only yesterday. There's four products we're going to have a look at. The first one being uh, Don Russ Football. Gents, what are your opinions on Don Russ Football, which released uh, a few weeks back now? I'm happy to have first crack at Don Russ. <laughs> look, um, Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. Look, um, I, I actually love Don Russ. I think it's one of the one of those base heavy products that I am more than happy to collect. I, I always want all my Titans. Um, I've always had nice inserts, nice design, nice clean and fresh. You know, like a million and one inserts. You know, you, you can collect whatever you want in Don Russ. Um, and to, to 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 be fair and extent the the hit you know you get your one hit in there your one auto and um, it could be fair it could be good um, I quite like some of the, the the fact that you can hit legends for that kind of price but I know there's a topic that all of us are going to go after and it's this fact of this stupid fans of the game insert and even worse than that a hit I mean. What the hell relevance does that have to collectors? I don't know anybody in the world. And if there's somebody out there, brilliant, can you please tweet us at Waxpack Lyrical if you are going to try and collect the whole set of fans of the game autos? Because I just don't understand why the hell they're in there. I looked on the, on eBay when we were talking about this this afternoon, uh, when we were discussing it and we were all prepping for the show, because believe it or not, we don't just <laughs> cover and talk crap. We actually do do a little bit of prep on the show. We were talking about this and the guys saw the screenshot of my notes about this and we couldn't put it up because it's not after the watershed yet. And these fans of the game cars autos, I checked them out on eBay and there are people bidding on them and they're going up to 50 or $60 a time. <laughs> oh dear. What in the world? Come on guys, please. What are you buying? Well, what? A conversion rate. I, you can have my Giovanni Bernard RPA for $5 if you want it. Why? What on earth is there? We've seen the people who are in there. James Kahn, Chris Evans, Matthew Berry, Drea DiMatteo. I never, wouldn't even know if she walked in here now. And Chloe Kim, who's a, she's a snowboarder or skater or something like that. What's the point of that? And that replaces your one hit. So if I was... It's a reasonably priced product. Don't get me wrong on that. So it's good. As Ryan said, you get... Lots of value for money, but only one hit in 240 cards you're pulling out of a box. Now, if I was back in the day collecting the old Panini football stickers, as it did over here in England, and I'd saved up, done a Saturday job, gone and bought a box of cards, opened up my packs, and it's like, oh, who am I going to get? Am I going to get Alan Shearer? I'm going to get Gaza, I'm going to get someone like that. Open up the pack, oh, there's my auto. Oh, great, it's Deirdre Barlow from Coronation Street. <laughs> I would be slightly pissed, <laughs> mildly. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, she's been a big fan of Manchester City for four years now, and she particularly enjoys the filet mignon in the centenary suite there. What, what a joke. If you want to put that in there to, in, to entice a different market in, fair enough, but put that in not just as the one hit in the box, because basically you're robbing people blind there, Panini. That's my view. To, 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 to sort of throw it back onto a... Um a more positive spin for Don Russ, because I, I do completely agree with you with your gripe about the fans of the game. Um, I, I think it's a much improved product this year. I think the base design and a lot of the insert designs, and there is a lot of them, um, I, I went through and checked, there's 20 different insert sets you can collect. That that does include fans of the game. Um, but I think this year it's a much nicer design, a much cleaner design than it has been has been in years gone by, and they've, they've, done, that, they've done that work on it. Obviously, spent the money doing that, and 
let themselves down with the fans of the game autos, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's a bit random. Yeah. It is a bit random. But I tell you what, the other thing is, is that with the product, is, is, is there's these cheeky little inner sets of autos. So they've got the inducted autographs. So you've got Brian Erlacher, Brian Dawkins, Randy Moss, Jerry Kramer. Now that is collectible. You know what I mean? That That is quite a cool thing to have, apart from two of them are numbered to ten. So, you know, good luck with doing that. But they do, yeah, have, yeah. They do have these little bits, you know, I quite like that. But, yeah, the, the fans of the game, man. Yeah, the Legend series, to give them their due, a few cards I saw uh, from the Legend series and that do look very nice and very collectible. But, obviously, we're not fans of fans of the game. No, and no. as you say, it is nice, though, that a, a product can come out at a price point which this is $75 for a box, and you're getting a lot of cards for that. And oh, yes, yeah, it's value for money, mate. Without doubt, value for money, yeah. You stand a chance of hitting uh, Randy Moss, though. Brilliant. That's what, we, right. what we all, that's what we're all into cards for, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. So, uh, would you buy a box of Don Ross at that price, guys? Yes or no? Yeah, I would. Yeah, same for me, I would. Yeah, me too. And then we could make our money back by selling off our, what's her name? Drea DiMatteo autograph to some mug in the States for 150 bucks. <laughs> anyway. Big Soprano fan. Big Soprano fan. Oh, okay. There we go. Right. Second product uh, is Unparalleled, which released last week. Uh, Dan, have you got some product details there to hit us with? Yeah. Um, so it came, out, it came out on my birthday, actually, 15th of August. Um the product configuration, you've got eight cards per pack, eight packs per box. Um, each box should have two autographs, one mem card, and seven numbered parallels. As the name suggests, that's quite a big thing in this product. Um, so all the base sets have got 10 parallels in total for you to go after, including, I looked into today, one super short print parallel, which is only one card per case. That you're expecting that so you've got to open 16 boxes just to hope to find one of them what's the uh price point on uh, unparalleled they are 88 dollars currently cool so what are our opinions on unparalleled chaps um i've got a soft bot i think for unparalleled but that's only because uh, steve called me um uh, a marcus mariota unparalleled short print last year when we were doing uh the panini player of the day um, which was, you know, the fact that we were opening random packs and the fact that I happened to get a pack with a Marcus Mariota auto and was pretty awesome. Um, overall, I think it's an all right product. Um, I, I haven't got massive positives and massive negatives. It's all right. No, I think it's a very middle-of-the-road product. It's not low-end, but not high-end. There are some nice sets in there. As Dan said, their major selling point is the amount of parallels they do, but I think there's just too many parallels in there. Well, it's, it's basically a parallel product. Yeah, yeah, it is. They said that there's, there's 10 parallels in there, and I'm someone that's not OCD, but if I get a couple of cards, I want to try and complete the set. And you're chasing 10 parallels. The amount of cards in that set, it's, it is needle in the haystack time when you're trying to complete it, which... Probably is good for them for people buying cards, but for, for us over here where we've got no real uh, way other than getting on eBay, we've got no card shops to, to dig through and, and and exchange sort of thing. I do like the Pioneer penmanship cards on there. Uh, it's like the old school legends as, as such. And I have picked up a couple of the Kurt Warner Seahawk cards. Uh, that's a running back, not the quarterback for the 
Because <laughs> there will be some people not as old as me, unfortunately, who will say, well, Kurt Warner, he never played for the Seahawks. But no, no, we're talking running back from back in the uh, 80s. So, no, decent cards, uh, a lot of sticker autos. So, yeah, I think Unparalleled is a decent middle-of-the-road set. Uh, good value for money, lots of decent cards in there. And I'll definitely be trying to collect uh, most of the Seahawks cards that are available in there. Dan, what's your opinion? Um, aside from what's already been said, I've, I've probably got two points on this. One of them's a bit of a contradiction in terms to what will come later. Um, but unparalleled, lots of colours. Um, I think in this set in particular, it's it's nice. Um, so the parallels are almost clearly defined um, by the really bright colour um, that they are. And I, I quite like that. I think it works. It works in this set. Um the other one, I believe in the United States, it's been seen as quite controversial, but I actually like it, is that they're giving rookie cards to non-rookies who've never had a card. Um, I think that's a brilliant thing. Mm-hmm. So this year, there's 60 players getting their very first card, and they've all got rookie card designations, um, despite them not being rookies. But technically, it is their rookie card. It's the first ever card, so why not? Are those uh, non-rookie rookie cards, are they, are they numbered, or are they just... Uh inserts they're not numbered they're not inserts they're just part of the base series but they are designated rookie cards so they're vet cards but they're designated yeah, rookie yeah. cards that sounds like a decent uh, set to put together if you can chase it really doesn't it so if you could put the whole base set together and get all all 60 of them yeah that would be uh, that would be nice I know there was um, there was a Giants player last year that got that got the same thing in in unparalleled Snacks Harrison he got his first card in that set, which I thought was great. So, Excellent stuff. So, is that a yes or a no? Value for money, gents, would you buy a box? I don't think I'd buy a box. Um, I'm with Ryan. I don't, I, I don't like them enough to want an entire box of them. Are they value for money? Yes, if you like them. At, at $88, that's, that's decent value for money, but I, I don't like them enough to buy a box now. Yeah, I think I, I possibly would buy a box because they are, are nice cards. But once you buy a box, I think you'll have so many different parallels of different players that you'll be stuck to try and go any further with just buying one box. So so I, I'm in the maybe column on that one, sitting on the fence for the first time. Third product we're going to review now is one that's going to be quite controversial and is quite controversial amongst people in the UK group, is Origins. What do we know about Origins, Dan? Um, so it released on the 22nd of August, which I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but that was yesterday when we were recording it. Um, seven cards per pack and just the one pack per box, 16 boxes in a case. You're looking for one autograph and one jumbo patch autograph and one mem card in the box with the rest being base cards. Pricing point to start with? $109. Yeah, I mean, Origins is, again, it's one of those staples. I think if you're collecting rookies, you have to have uh, an Origins card. I mean, I think they're beautiful. I think I think the designs is unique. It's unique to a lot of other products. Um, I, th- I just love the on-card autos. Um, I love the variants, you know, the silver autos. The only bit that I'm not quite, I, I don't quite like the, the, the jumbo patch autographs. I just think it looks odd when you've got so much colour on a card 
and then colour in the patch. And that's just maybe me, but I think it looks a little bit odd. And they tend to be sticker autos as well. Um, but uh, it, the base cards, it's, it's a stunning set to collect for base cards. Um, you know, if, if, if you know, any year the Titans have got, you know, big rookies, I'm all over Origins. Dan, what's your uh, opinion on the set? Okay, firstly, it's purely rookies. I don't particularly like that fact. So we've talked about the price point, the $109. Um, for $74 in Don Russ, I stand a chance of pulling a Randy Moss auto. Not a very big one, but there's there's still the chance all the same. Um, for that sort of price point, I'd like it to include some vet autos for me. Um, there's the lack of numbers. That annoys me. So the fact that it releases, well, potentially the designs are done before um, Panini know what some of the rookies' numbers are, um, and you end up with some of them being zero zero. I just don't think it looks very good. M- myself. No, I think I, I I'd agree with that and say yeah, that is the the big elephant in the room for me. When you when you put a decent looking card with one of your players in there and they've got double zero on. And you know that four days after they were drafted, they had their jersey number. So something's amiss there. Come on, Panini. It <laughs> seems like I'm bitching at Panini tonight, but it, it seems a bit lazy. Just wait a few days, hold it back, release it, and they're better cards. But there are some lovely cards in there. Um, I shared a picture on our group this afternoon of the uh, of the Barclay booklet, the one of one that they got pulled out. And that was a thing of beauty. That'll be going for six, $700 quite easily online. So that was a Silk fan that pulled it in in one of his breaks. Um, Gold Ink on Card Auto I, I saw pulled today as well. They look very good. Great looking set. Can't disagree with that. Price point is a little higher. Uh, for that reason, I wouldn't buy a box for that. But I'd probably, probably, I'm saying I'll buy anything that's got Silks on it. I will be trawling eBay for uh, the Silks cards from the sets. What about you guys? I think, I, I think... For the, I, I completely understand what, and I agree with you with uh, with the points around numbers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think one of the things that you're going to see now is probably the absolute craziness of how much these top rookies are now going to cost you on eBay, because Origins is kind of like I, I view Origins as like the first NFL product you get that people really, really want a rookie card of that auto, that silver or gold, and then it comes up to then it's contenders. Do you know what I mean? So uh-huh. I, I think I think the prices are going to be absolutely nuts, and probably that's where Panini can say, "Well, you know, you're spending a hundred dollars on a box, but if you hit a, a Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield or whatever it is, you know, the the the, the or particularly Saquon Barkley, you know, the, the money you're going to get back um, is exponential." Do you know what I mean, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with what you what you said, Brian. There's there's some lovely cards in there. Um, and and touching on what Ryan said, being a Giants fan, that Barkley booklet that, that you showed us is, like you said, it's just going to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could pull that, all well and good. Um, I, I'm more of a fan of the planar cards, so the ones that are just the, the silver and gold autos, or the, I saw a purple auto from the the first off the line boxes. Um, I, I think they are lovely. Um, but I'd, would I buy a box? I, I don't think I would. How's this year's set varied from the last couple of years' sets, Ryan? What, what do you think? Um, 
I, I think there's a bit more colour in the base. So even with the autos and stuff, they're a little bit more... Last year, I, I think I, I'm going to take um, uh, Dan's point, actually, because um, I should have I whipped out my, my Taiwan Taylor collection. Oh, yeah, that's worth a lot of money. Because um, <laughs> uh, I'm chasing rainbows last year's origin. So um, I think there's a lot more white on last year's product than there is on this year. So there seems to be a lot more colour. Um um, and the other thing is, what well, when I go back to it, it, anybody will know if you've, if you've seen a pool. But my point, the ones I don't like is certainly the jumbo patch autographs. I just want the card with an autograph on. I don't want a jumbo patch autograph. I don't think they do look actually very nice because they're I, too colourful. I was just going to say, I think I was going to say that. I, the RPAs, I, I really dislike. I, I just don't like them yeah. at all. They are massively. The colour is massively in your face. Yeah, it's a bit garish. Let's be honest. You know, yeah. very English word, old chap. But it's rather garish. <laughs> so to sum up, origins then. Um, value for money, yes or no? If you gamblers value for money. Yeah, oh, yeah. Both both got exactly the same point. Gamblers yeah. value for money, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. The final product we're going to review tonight, also released on the same day as Origins, and that's National Treasures Collegiate. A uh, few details on that set for us, please, Dan. So you've already told us what date it released, 22nd of August. Um, National Treasures, you're going to get eight cards per pack, one pack per box, and four boxes per case. Um, in each box, you're going to find six autographs or relics, one base card, and then what Panini say, one additional card could be anything. Likely to be base, I would imagine. <laughs> Look, I've seen a few booklets come out of there. Is that not come underneath? Possibly, but they're not. You're not guaranteed a booklet in every no. national. No, no, of course not. No, no. And price point for for this box, Dan? Staggeringly, four hundred and fifteen dollars a box for your eight cards. And at the current conversion rate, that's probably three hundred and fifty. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 350, 370 a box for, wow, a nice box, but <laughs> again, it's the gamble. Ryan, what's your opinion on the uh, Well, we're going to touch a nerve here. Uh, we're going to touch a nerve with uh, National Treasures. And my nerve is this, is when everybody keeps going on about National Treasures uh, 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 is perfect for high-end collectors. I'm sorry, but National Treasures is not high-end. You do not put sticker autos on a high-end product. A product doesn't deserve to be called high-end if it's got stickers on it. End of story. There's no debate about it, right? Having said that, um, as a collegiate collector, I have the odd National Treasures, but I've never been a massive, massive fan. I think mainly because of the expense of it. I think the fact that you're playing $400-plus basically for a cedar box, you know, that that's the way I view it. Having said that, Seeing some of the cases get opened and cracked last night, there is some really nice stuff in it. I mean, I think everybody, everybody probably seen the Tom Brady for Mojo last night. Do you know what I mean? Overall, I just, I, I just never seen National Treasures high end. I would, yeah? I would, I would agree. Um, I don't think National Treasures is high end purely because of, as Ryan said, the sticker autos. Um, I think he covered that off. I think. This year as well, they've sort of kept the standard look. If you say to a card collector, National Treasures, you know what the card's going to look like. 
um, in terms of how the, where the pitch is laid out and where the writing is and everything else, and they've kept that. Um, but this year, they seem to have added a bit of colour. Now, um, counter to what I said about Unparalleled and all the colours being lovely and I quite like them, um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure it needed it. I was much more of a fan of it just being plain. Um, I think it looked much classier. And considering you're paying, as we said, 350 quid, $420 um, for a box of this, then that, I'd prefer to see something that looks a little bit more classy than, than what I think this does this year. Yeah, I think uh, you guys have covered most of what I'd say about this. National Treasures, uh, not high-end really. Uh, says it's high-end. The price rate is high-end. Some of the cards, don't get me wrong, yeah, they are, are great. I was very impressed when I looked at a couple of box breaks from, from last night. Uh, the patches this year are, are, are stunning. Normally you see some right plain, basically, napkins mm. coming out. Mm. But, but the patches, every patch I saw in about eight or ten boxes being opened looks absolutely superb. So sticker autos, again, shouldn't be on a high-end product. Um, in the NFL National Treasures from last year, I set myself a target of collecting at least one of the Seahawks rookie rainbows in there. And I got down to needing three one of three of the one-of-ones. And I ended up getting the Chris Carson one-of-one a couple of months ago. <laughs> God, I don't like admitting what I paid for it. I'd pay for that. <laughs> I, I actually, I think you should tell everybody what you paid for it, Brian. I paid about 240 quid for a one-of-one one with a sticker or so on. Oh, oh, and you should I be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. I, I, I feel dirty. I feel dirty. <laughs> but if I hadn't got it, some other bugger would have got it. And that's that's why we're in this hobby, really. Yeah. And, and, and I, think uh, put, I, think, I think your point, though, Brian, is absolutely right. And that's why... that's why I suppose Panini will always get away with saying it's high-end because if you look at some of the prices of some of the cards over the last couple of years, particularly the NFL product, and we'll talk about that when we get to it, but this is the collegiate product, right? I'd expect the collegiate product to be a lot cheaper than the NFL product. It isn't. Um, um, But one of the big things is is that some of those cards are going to go for crazy money. Oh, of course they are. Without a doubt. So to sum up, I think it's a unanimous no, not value for money. And uh, possibly we, we'd all collect a couple of cards from it, but yeah. I won't be doing a rainbow of that crap this year. Them prices, <laughs> not a chance, mate. I, I couldn't afford to buy a box. So, <laughs> oh, uh, was, has anyone got the uh, the company violin to play for Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, 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 the other, uh, I, I wouldn't buy a box. As simple as I wouldn't take the risk. I'm not going to pay that much money for. I don't really know. The, the other thing, it could be random. That's the other thing I hate about National Treasures. It, 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 one box is great, one box is absolute gash. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It seems, I've seen some stinkers being opened up over the last couple of years where you think, cool, if I'd have paid big money for that, even if you sold every card at top value, you're getting about 25% of the value of the box back, yeah. which is crazy. I, th- I think that is, that, that is part of the hobby, though. As, uh, with any of these boxes and whatever any of the price points we've talked about, uh, as we talked about, Dom Russ, the cheapest one we've looked at, $75 a box. You can hold two of them in your hands and one of them can be worth $500 in terms of the cards that are in there and then the other one can be worth 10 It's purely luck of the, purely luck of the draw in, t- in terms of which one which one you pick off the shelf, which one you open. Oh, yeah, and the hobby is completely now. It, it is prospecting. as That's a subject we're going to come on to uh, shortly. It's more these days, probably 20 years ago, 
people used to collect cards because they were of the teams they supported, players they liked. They wanted to build up PCs. But now it seems it, there is a, a larger majority of people that are in the hobby to prospect and try and hit the one card that's going to be worth 20 times what they paid for it and move it on rather than building PCs. So prospecting has become a major part of NFL card collecting with uh, rookies that have never played a snap in the NFL. Their card prices are, are higher than people like Dan Marino, Andrew Luck and other such legends of the game. We've uh, set ourselves a little challenge, the three of us. Uh, it's called Rookie Roulette, where we've all decided to, well, we decided we have all purchased a card for under $10 of a rookie. Uh, one which we think is going to do well over the season. At the end of the season, we're going to put all the cards up on eBay and see which one goes for the most. No prizes, all money goes to charity. Um, which charity it is yet, we're, we're not quite sure. If you have a charity you want to nominate, then drop us a line at the waxpatrickcourt.gmail.com. Uh, there were many choices for, for rookies to select for our rookie roulette. Uh, gents, who didn't quite make your cut? I had I had two that didn't make my cut. Um, unfortunately, they didn't make my cut because of the price. Um, and I wanted a hit card. I wanted an autograph. Um, is is the way I was looking at it. So the, the two players I looked at, and I, I chased and chased and made. I must have made about fifty offers on eBay, and none of them got accepted. Um, were Michael Gallup and Darius Fountain. Unfortunately, neither of which I was able to pick up. Okay, Brian, which uh, which two rookies didn't quite make it for you? Um, if I'm absolutely honest, um, uh, I just went for everything. Um, and couldn't get it anything that I wanted below $10, which just is an indictment of how crazy the market is right this year. Okay? Um, so I had to go into the depths, like the real depths uh, uh, of either players that were undrafted um, or players that sort of, you know, just people just weren't weren't watching or didn't know anything about. I suppose the advantage I've got is I watch a lot of college football, so there's a few players. So I'll be honest, I went for sort of uh, initially trying to get, you know, cheeky Freeman or something like that, but um wasn't going to happen. The price wasn't too much uh, and ended up going for my guy. I tried to go for a couple of his cards, um, but I couldn't be asked to get up at two o'clock in the morning to um, to outbid somebody. And then, <laughs> it's lightweight. It's lightweight. And then, and, and then, and, and then I got a bit lucky. The, the, the young man got up, uh, was screaming at about two o'clock in the morning. I managed to get my card at that point. Okay. Uh, for myself, a couple of players that I looked at, um, Josh Allen was was one, but obviously the, the price range was was way over ten dollars. Could have got a base card, which might have, or an insert, which might have, might have gone up. Because I think he's gonna, he's probably definitely going to start for Buffalo, I'd imagine, and he's got the big arm that's going to make some highlight reels, which will. Second one, the sleeper is uh, DJ Moore. The uh, for the Panthers, a receiver mm. who's quick yeah. and fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a very good player. Seen some highlight reels of him in training camp and the first guy looks amazing. I think he's going he's gonna to flash big time, especially on the highlight reels, and that's going to push his car price up. But I didn't go for either of those two, so I think it's now time for us to reveal to each other uh, what card we, we actually purchased. Ladies first, so that's you, then. <laughs> okay, so... Uh... 
um, I said I passed on Gallop and Fountain because every card I bid on went for about twelve dollars, um, which I thought was really unlucky that I couldn't find one for ten dollars. Um, so I ended up I went on to uh, Comp because I couldn't find one on eBay, and I got a Jaleel Scott Dom Russell Elite Pempals Black Ink. I did try and bid for one of the blue ink, which I believe are um, shorter print, but the the guys on comp weren't having my uh, weren't having my ten dollar offers for them. Um, I did only pay seven dollars though, boom, rather than okay. the full, rather than the full ten. Thinking that, that, that that's I could, a boom right there. <laughs> <laughs> thinking that I can only lose so much. <laughs> okay, so a, a black ink ten pounds, Jill Scott for Dan. Uh, what's Ryan's choice? So, I, I, like I said, I got so annoyed with the ridiculous prices of, of some of these players that even I thought, you know what, I don't even know why they were drafted that high. They're going to be absolute gash and they're going to be leaving the NFL in 24 months, right? Um, so, I, I, I went, I did some reversal uh, psychology. So, I went with the worst card I could find, right? Um, for a player that I think actually could be half decent, but I tried to find the most garishly horrible card. So um, I've gone for the 2018 Elements, and not only that, Steel Signature Gold, 40 or 50. Out of 3.49? Uh, no, 40 or 50. This is limited print here. 50. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, we went big bucks here. Of Kiki Kute of the... Kiki Kute? Yes. Wow. Of the Texans. Of the Texans. Um, uh, it may be of help that I got him because he's injured, and nobody's actually seen him play yet. Um, but at Texas Tech, I tell you what, he's got some serious wheels. He's very, very quick. Um, Hopkins has already, tell, you know, before he got injured, saying that he could be uh, a, a perfect slot receiver. And if De- if Deshaun Watson is going to be any good this season, if he's actually going to stay upright this season, then I can see Cootie near the end of the season uh, um, um, making some big, big plays. But uh, I also think that Deshaun Watson is going to spend most of the season on his ass. So um, I paid um, $5.10. So that just leaves my choice for Rookie Roulette. Uh, I looked at a a few of which were uh, possibles, but I think I knew from the off uh, the card I was after, made a cheeky offer, which was, uh, $18 or best offer. I offered $10 and it was accepted straight away, which was very pleasant. Uh, went down Dan's road, Don Russell Elite Pen Pals. I did get a blue ink though, which is number to 99. Uh, University of Washington wide receiver drafted by the 49ers in the second round, Dante Pettis. I think, I think he is going to have a good season. He's a uh, good receiver, sure hands. And his punt returning will catch the eye of the highlight reels, which will push his car price up. So, gents, I've won that. We may as well not talk about this the rest of the season. Uh, I think when we were looking at this a couple of weeks ago, uh, this all came to light because we looked at the price of the Kamara cards from last year. When uh, his rookie cards came out, you could pick them up for 7 to $10 quite easily, uh, being a third-round pick. And later on in the season, the same cards that were selling for $10 was selling for $450 on eBay. And they're still around the $350 mark even now. So we're going to track our cards over the season and see how our players are doing. If anyone else is interested in getting involved in this and purchasing a rookie card for $10 or less, um, then let us know. Contact us via the Twitter at Lyrical. We'll be posting pictures of our uh, cards on there when this show is finally uploaded which uh, might take Ryan a few days, judging by the amount of takes we've had tonight. But anyway, such is life. 
And you can also email us, obviously. The show is waxpacklyrical at gmail.com. So that's Rookie Roulette. We move on now to guest interview time. And where else is there to start when it comes to card collecting in the UK? Then the card father himself, card collecting royalty. Uh, the great Steve Poland was kind enough to give us 15 minutes of his time. And here's how interview with him. Guest interview time here on Waxpack Lyrical. And in episode one, we start at the top with a man who founded the card collecting fraternity in the UK. Father himself, joining us live from his castle in Devon, which has been paid for by your three hosts. It's Mr. Steve Poland. Steve, welcome to the show. No problem. Good to be here. Excellent stuff. Uh, best place to start then is where did it all begin for you in terms of collecting cards? Okay, well, uh, I was on holiday with my parents. It was uh, early 90s and um, I think we were just walking around a mall and um, I actually just happened to notice a random card on the floor, uh, to be honest, was the first card I saw. Um, I picked it up and I thought, oh, that looks all right. Um, and then I thought, I wonder if there's any more about it. So I started sort of stalking the shops in there until I came across a sort of a, a toy shop that had a couple of cheap pro set boxes uh, from the early 90s, about $5 each. So I took a couple of them away. And off I went. So I had a whole stack of pro set cards. And um, that was sort of the first uh, first ones I came across. So uh, build, building on that then, Steve, I'd say, do you remember your first card and have you still got it? And there's the possibility it's that one that was on the floor, I suppose, rather than well, the box. Yeah, I mean, te technically, that was the first card I ever sort of picked up. And it, it was a pro set card from 91. It was a, a Rocket Ishmael card, um, Notre Dame player, and um, it was a college pick of him. And I just, I happened to be, you know, uh, Notre Dame used to be on screen sport in the early days. I don't know if any of you guys saw it on TV, and I used to watch that each Sunday. So, sort of turned into a bit of a fan of them, and, and then found that card of him. So, um, I don't think I have that exact card because I'm sure it was a, a bit mangled at the time, but I certainly picked up a, a cleaner version of it, which I do still have in the collection. Uh, Steve, I mean, you just talked about your collection. Um, I mean, what sort of numbers are we really talking about in terms of how many cards you got, uh, and in particular your 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 excellent Raiders collection? Well, yeah, I mean, gee, that's. Uh, I kind of gave up counting, to be honest. I think I got to a point, and there was about fifteen thousand different cards there. Nice. So, um, but uh, so I mean, it, it gets out of hand so easy, doesn't it? So what I've tried, what I tried to do a little while back is focus more on the autograph and relic cards. So there's probably well, there's well over fifteen hundred different ones of those now. So that's where I'm at with those. So, Steve, uh, we all know each other through the NFL UK Cards group on Facebook. Sure. How did that start and uh, how many people were involved? Well, I mean, um, it was started in 2014. Um, I, I had to go back and look. 10th of May it was. It says I started the group up. So, I mean, I had been selling sort of cards on eBay um, to people I'd known for quite a few years. You know, I mean, before eBay came along, I used to... You know, I used to type up the list. Those old pro set cards I mentioned, I used to sort of type up a list of every player I had, and I used to flog them like sort of 10, 20p, depending on the player. And guys would sort of, you know, send a check through the post, and I used to start off doing that. Then it went to eBay. 
And um, obviously Facebook took off and I thought, you know, there's got to be a few more people out there. So, you know, I saw all these groups popping up. I thought, well, let's just start one up. So it was just something I did myself. And um, I instantly sort of added a couple of guys I knew who'd been buying uh, through eBay off me. People like Rob Bartlett, who's in the group, uh, go back quite a long time with him. And um, within a matter of days, you had uh, people like Gav and uh, Stephen Logan and uh, Matt Dench, Stuart Hicks, all those guys started joining and it kind of took off from there. You've got about 850 members in there now, I think. Is this the most that the, the group's ever had? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously not ever, not everyone's sort of, you know, hugely active, but, but, you know, you want them to draw new people in and you want them to just have a little look at what's going on and hopefully they'll pick up the bug a bit and you'll get a lot more active members in there. Yeah, people tend to become quite active when you stick the word free above the post. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to have a couple of free competitions and that. I mean, a, lot of, a lot of people are shy, you know, so, uh, you know, you've got to pull them out a bit with something, haven't you, you know? Yeah, you certainly are. Steve, obviously now we're probably a bit, we're a bit spoiled in terms of the number of breaks we do in the group and um, the amount of people that are in there. How long was it before that become a regular sort of feature? How long before there was enough people to, to get them going? Maybe not having them now, but as a sort of regular regular thing, if you like. Yeah, well, we, I mean, the group started it, we probably didn't do any for over a year in the group. I mean, initially, it was just, you know, a bit of trading and maybe a bit of buying. And um, then I decided to, to just buy a few boxes in, basically. I, you know, made a few eBay's, eBay sales. So um, put in a small order for a mixture of boxes and thought, well, some guys might want to buy them and then there'll be more stuff to trade. So, and then that evolved into sort of getting a box and, you know, we sort of said, well, you know, let's split the cards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think we did that to about October 2015 um and sort of by december they were fairly regular then so uh, that's how that kicked off um we i've seen some amazing pools i think over the last few years in the group steve but um yeah i mean it doesn't have to be a card that you've personally pulled but what do you think is the yeah. best card in your opinion or favorite card that, that has been pulled in the group so far Oh, yeah. I mean, we must have covered every top player that, you know, that there is, to be honest, you know, every legend, you know, from the last sort of 30 years, I would say, has probably come out at some point. I mean, we hit two Brady's this year, haven't we? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's got to be right up there. I mean, there was the black gold autograph, Tom Brady, number to five, you know, on-card autograph. I mean, that's probably, you know, been the most memorable one, I would say. You know, it's just such a tough player to get hold of, isn't it? So anytime you pull a player like that out, um, you know, that is pretty good. And is there, a, a, a sort of following on from that, is there, is there one card that you haven't, you're still searching for? Because I know that we've done quite a lot of Legends boxes, uh, yeah. trying to search for something in there. Is, there. is there one card that you still feel is out there for you to, that you really want to pull from a product? Um, it's difficult to think of a, you know, a player who we haven't pulled, who, you know, would still be on the list of trying, you know, to get out. You're just looking to try and keep hitting those same names, really, you know? What are your opinions of the hobby at the moment, both in the UK and the USA? How is it now compared to it was a few, you know, a few years ago? And do you think it will progress in a few years' time or maybe regress somewhat? 
Well, I think it's it's always been quite steady. I think you know it's obviously huge in the in the US. I think it's helped by uh, you know rookie players performing and creating a buzz. So you know I'm always rooting for them to do well. Uh, we've had obviously the the exclusive Panini deal, which you know isn't ideal, is it? Shut out some great options from tops and upper deck. Uh, but it's it's sort of done now, and we have to kind of just get on with it, you know. I think it's grown over in the UK uh, well, um, you know, as you see by the numbers joining the group. Um, you know, it, it's hampered by the fact you can't just pop down the shop and grab a couple packs, and you know, it doesn't appear that Panini will be making much uh, of a change to the, to that uh, in the foreseeable future. But um, you know, I'll keep pushing and promoting for them to try and do that to to make stuff easier for people to get hold of. You know, I mean, we've got the Panini pod promotion, the player of the day promotion again coming up this year. So, um, you know, hopefully we can just kind of keep chipping away and, you know, it will get a lot better. You know, you, personally, I'm not too fussed about us having a, an NFL franchise in the UK. But having said that, that might be something that could change how Panini operate over here um, if that really takes off. Um, um, Steve, following on from the previous question, do you actually think we'll ever get, you know, uh, a card shop, a bricks and mortar card shop that guys can rock in uh, and pick up product from? I think it's going to be tough that, um, you know, we're all fairly spread out at the moment, you know, as you can see from the group and where we're all located. But um, I think some sort of online shop, you know, would be sustainable if it's done in the right way and ideally with the support of Panini. So, um and any other card companies, because really, I think you'd have to cover all the US sports to uh, to make it, you know, more of a viable business, really. Yeah, and I did, you know, I, we know that there's, there's a lot of struggles out there for, for for guys, even in the US, particularly online retailers and online breakers. You know, it's not it's not an easy, it's not a hobby to make money, as we all know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. want to I'm gonna up, up, just open this up to a general question to you, Steve. Um, uh, if you were deserted on a desert island and you could only take one box with you to open, what would it be? <laughs> Ooh. Um, Origins? Uh, <laughs> 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 that would be to start this fire with, keep warm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's probably going to have to be a flawless one, isn't it? You know, it's got to be, really. Okay. Well, there's a double bonus with that because of the the case. You could use that as a bowl and all sorts of things, couldn't you as well? So, you could, yeah, it might have to be your pillow and all sorts. Yeah, <laughs> dual purpose. Collect, collect collect your fish in it, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, just going back to the group and asking a few questions about uh, the way the group is going. There's a lot of uh, breaks this week coming up, and yep. we've got the big uh, pre-season. Uh, mega mixer break coming up we we're looking for a little bit of a of a podcast exclusive so which which boxes might be featuring in that <laughs> okay well you know we've uh there's obviously you know a couple of new releases we've got some new releases coming out uh you know this week haven't we so you know i've had a bit of a look at those and and put a bit of a list together you know this had to be to be run by the gabster as you know you know he's got to kind of vet these things because you know he oh uh, no that means but... there's going to be momentum in there doesn't it momentum <laughs> select <laughs> it's always nice to finish off on you know something a bit decent so i thought we'll finish off on the greatest hits which mm. have been uh, pretty decent this year i think we've had some good fun with them and um, there'll probably be you know 
something new, some leaf flash, I think we're going to have in there, which is fairly new out. And also, you know, there'll be some favourites in there. There'll be some quality, some quantity. There'll be a Topps 2007 co-signers. is a box I've never opened. And I do like to chuck something in there that, you know, we've not had before. So hoping that'll be an interesting one as well. Sounds really good. Are there going to be any uh, Bengals team sets for Dan? <laughs> I'm sure, you know, once obviously the random's done and Dan gets the Bengals, I I'm sure, you know, they usually do well for him. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly do. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for your time, Steve. Where can we find uh, the website for the NFL UK site? Well, uh, we've got the... Uh, there is a obviously the Facebook group we've got is uh, NFL Cards UK Traders is um, easy to search for, and um, there is a website as well with a bit of information on which is NFLCards.co.uk. There's a bit of info on there, and um, you know questions are always welcomed by anyone who's interested. Lovely, appreciate that. Well, thanks for your time, Steve. I'm sure we're talking to you in the very near future. And uh, once again, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. No, no problem. Thanks a lot, guys. So, yeah, that was the first interview for Wax Pack Lyrical. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of episodes, we'll have a couple more exclusive interviews. We move on to what's going to be a regular section now. It's Ryan's Rants. Well, welcome to this week's Ryan's Rants. I tell you what, I've seen many things in the football card community, and I've seen many things across eBay, but what I tell you what, I hadn't seen was a disgusting, disgusting product called that came out very recently called Elements. The, I, I can just imagine this Panini boardroom. Um, there's a young guy walks in. He's probably on work experience I mean, with a big box. And he says, boss, look, I tripped over this box in the, in, down there in the work warehouse. And what was in it was these Lux leftover uh, frames. And they said, what are we going to do with these? Well, we're going to create, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to create a product just to use these bits of crap up basically and so we're, we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna do this we're gonna do a patch card which is gonna have the most obscene colors on it we're gonna call it um radiation which I, by the way by the way i don't know why you're calling it radiation should it be called uranium it's called elements what's you know this is not stupid um and so you put a, you put a frame which around a patch card which still looks like a cac low-end patch card I get the understanding that people want metal cards. I understand that that's where probably where we're going um, in the hobby. I don't get it, but you know that's the way it goes. Um, the, the other thing there is, what the hell is a, to a titanium autograph, and who the hell designed it? Because I tell you what, the, the person that designed it—they're the same person that just that, that designed, you know, a basketball player's 1990s cribs kitchen. <laughs> as most disgusting colours you could ever put together. I can't actually imagine why you would even put those colours together, apart from, like I said, in like a Bieber kitchen from 1990s. Um, my other issue is, is with the product is it's completely confused. Um, they talk about elements, right? There's, there's no natural flow throughout the whole of the product. And then you get these disgusting, disgusting colours. Absolutely disgusting. Have you seen the parallels? The parallels are absolute rank. We've got this horrible neon orange, a horrible neon turquoise, or whatever the hell it's called. I can't get along with this product. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I really can't get along with this product, because so many people who are new 
to collecting, love it. And that tells me that the, the actual product's awful. I think for a hundred quid, um, you're mugging people off with a, with a patch card that probably going to be picked up for 50 cents somewhere else. The only thing I will say is I can completely understand why the on-card rookie autos plates will become collectible. Of course they will. We've had this you know, fantastic draft with all these QBs, which, to be quite frank, only two of them probably do anything. The rest of them will be on a, uh, a crap heap playing for the Jets in three years. So, um, but I can understand why they're collectible. Um, my simple thing about elements is this. This is why I think about elements. Sodium, hydrogen, iridium, thallium. <laughs> Dan, do you do you agree with Ryan's first rant? Uh, <laughs> to some extent, um, I want to pull him up on the fact he bought one. Just, just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, the one the one that Ryan did buy for the rookie ruler, I I do quite like those um, those purely metal cards. I have a question to throw to you. The product is is described as completely on card. Now, knowing Panini of old and how they've pulled the wool over people's eyes and various uh, various things that they've done, do we believe that the cards with the pieces of metal placed in them are signed as a card, so that the player has held the card, what I would class as on card, or do we reckon that those bits of metal have been sent out as purely sheets of metal that have then been signed, and then actually it's nothing more than an immaculate eye black, which is essentially a sticker autograph. Well, no, it is, Dan. And even in the cell, read the cell, the cell sheet says this, rookie titanium autographs displays, displays trapped metal pieces. That's not a complete card. It, it, it's basically trapping a auto, you know, a, a sticker auto on metal in a card. Yes, that was, and that was my opinion on it. However, the thing's being sold as completely on card. No. Which is which is complete bollocks, and and that I would concur with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you guys. Uh, I got in a few breaks when I first came out because uh, the, the pure metal on card uh, autos are good. Uh, the rookie ones, especially, there's five or six different Seahawk cards uh, available in that, which I've now managed to, to pick up all of them, thankfully. Uh, but the, t- the titanium, the insert ones, yeah, a bit ropey. The patch card ones, yeah, very, uh, very low value. Uh, I don't detest it the way Ryan does, but I can see why he does. Right, that's Ryan's rant over for, for this week. Uh, he's got plenty more lined up. And on to the next section. Dan! 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 The dulcet tones of Mr. Partridge himself leads us into our regular section of Ask Dan. If you wish to ask Dan any questions about the hobby or anything else in life, then you can contact us via the email, which is waxpetlyrical at gmail.com, or via the Twitter feed at waxpetlyrical. Dan, we've got two questions on the hobby today and one wildcard question for you. Are you ready? Far away. Uh, first question is uh, on the hobby itself. What advice would you give to someone relatively new to the hobby about how to build a collection and where would you find the cards to help you build your collection? 
Okay, I'm going to answer this from the point of view um, that the person has already selected the collection that they're going to buy. Um, if I don't and I start that far back, we could be your hours. Um, so, so looking at it that way, um, I'll break it down into the into the varying varying collections. So, if, if you're a, if you're a set collector, um, you'll probably possibly looking at buying boxes, early doors to try and get your maximum amount of cards from obviously pretty soon you're going to start getting nothing but trade fodder because you've already got them um so you want to shy away from that at that point then you're going to be looking at the usual routes which we've touched on earlier ebay um comp which is check out my cards um all those sort of places the facebook group obviously nfl cards uk traders you can pick them up in there um, and there's a myriad of US Facebook groups, um, some which are okay with shipping to the UK and some that some that don't like it. So, uh, yeah. Um, what have you got to uh, look out for if you are buying cards from the from the US then? If you're buying cards from the US, the, the major thing to look out for is you, the fact that you're going to pay your import duty. Um, so it's just the same as VAT. It's 20%. It's 20% on whatever the value of the parcel um, that you send over is so. If you're sending over a hundred dollar parcel, then you're like, you've got to pay an extra, um, you know, around twenty pound on it when it when it gets here, um, based on the value. And the postman will post you an awful note through the door, saying that you've got to go to the post office and and pay this money before they'll before they'll let you have your package. Um, there's also the postage costs. Now there's there's various ways around um, the postage costs, so you can. Um, comp that I touched on before, you can get your cards shipped there um, and then get them all shipped over in one go. Um, but US buyers will, will quite often just have a um, a standard delivery price through the global shipping program. So you might be buying a base card that's only 20 cents, but it's going to cost you 20 quid in postage to get here. Um, so you do need to be careful with that. Well, that's cleared up. Uh, give us quite a bit of information on that one. Second question on the hobby, Dan, is where can you find out how much a card is worth if you're interested in either buying or selling it? Okay, these days, the best place to look would be eBay sold listings. The important part of that is the sold listings. If you just go on eBay and, and search for what you want and, and look at what prices are available on the initial search, you're going to find prices that people are asking for. Now, I could have a £5 note. I could list it on eBay asking for 100 quid. doesn't mean that anybody's going to buy it for 100 quid or anybody has bought it for 100 quid. It's just that's what I'm asking for it. So the importance of the sold listing is that will show you what the item has been sold for recently, either through bidding or people who've used buy it, the Buy It Now feature um, and what have you. You could also go on Conk, which... Unfortunately, it is an asking price, so similar to what I've just touched on with eBay. However, they would tend to be fairly competitive. So, you know, people aren't going to be asking scandalous figures unless there is only the one the one card on there, if you like. Um, unfortunately, I quite like it. People don't tend to like it now, which is the Beckett price guide. Um, so a company in America called Beckett will release a price guide for all products and and they'll look at so they'll look at the sales on eBay and, and things like that um, and they'll release a, a low end and a high end figure 
of what a card, what they believe a card should be sold for, um, you can look there as well. That unfortunately, due to eBay, that's fallen out of favour a little bit. One quick query on the on the eBay sold prices: How far back in time does it give you the prices for for cards sold? Is it only a few months? Or y- yes, it is. It is only a few months. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's some interesting information for people new to the hobby. Now we move on to the wild card section. Uh, a question that could be about anything and anything. I'll excite. This week, <laughs> the question for you, Mr. Dan Hewitt. Which character, either real or fictional, from a TV series, uh, be it present day or back the last 15, 20 years, would you say is most like yourself? Neville from RV Design Pet. And why would you say that? <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's quite boring, doesn't get out much. Um, he's quiet, he's quite shy and retiring. Um, a little bit daft. Okay. So you're you sticking with Neville, yeah? I am, yeah. But have you got okay. one? That, have you got one that you you think could suit me better? Uh, I haven't got one. However, this afternoon I did get in contact with Becca, your wife. Who's <laughs> <laughs> sat just through the door from me? So this could be fun. And I asked her this question and said, uh, "Which character would you say that Dan is like?" And her word-for-word reply, which I screenshotted and sent to Ryan, and then I'll send to you after we finish recording, she said, I would say Carl Pilkington, because he's a miserable sod and he loves to moan. (laughs) (laughs) He also looks a bit like him with his big bald head. Yeah, unfortunately, people have said that at work as well, and and a few people at work call me Carl Pilkington, so maybe maybe that is slightly more true. So you're not disputing the fact that your wife says that you're a miserable sod and you like to moan? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to listen to this and I'm I'm not disputing anything that she says. Oh, I know she has. She's also going to give me a list of questions to ask you for future wildcards, so uh, be prepared. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So there we go. That's the wildcard question. If you've got any hobby questions or wildcard questions that you want to ask Dan, can be about absolutely anything we were quite tame tonight on the first episode because we don't want to be removed from stitcher and itunes before we've even started that's our stand for this week and let's move on to the competition that we're setting up okay as some of you may have seen if you have viewed our twitter feed we have invested in some high quality merchandise uh we've got some wax pack lyrical mugs to win yourself one of your classy, not tatty in any way, mugs. This week, we've uh, all three of your co-hosts have undertaken the Rookie Wonderlick test. Uh, there'll be a link up for this on the Twitter feed, if you want to go on there and have a go yourself. You get 50 questions in 12 minutes to answer. It's, it's uh, multiple choice answers. If after 12 minutes you haven't finished all the questions, your score is marked on, on where you are at that present time. Now, the one lit test has uh, been ridiculed by some, and it's used kind of to poke fun at rookies who they think probably got a scholarship for purely athletic reasons. <laughs> uh, you get people like Bobby Wagner, who seems very articulate to me as a Seahawks fan, who scored only eight on there. I think the only perfect score in uh, one lit test history with 50 I think it was a punter, but I can't remember who he was now without without looking it up. 
So all three of us guys took the Wonderlick test, and if anyone can come up with the combined score of all three of us, so that's a minimum of zero up to 150, I'll give you a clue. It's not near 150. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you can tweet us the answer, we're going to put the link up for you guys to have a go at the test as well. And if you want to tweet us pictures, screenshots of your first effort only, there's no doing the test 10 times and count your best scores. Be honest, guys. Put your best scores up. How many did the three of us score combined together? And if you want to guess in which order we finished, neither, uh, neither of us. None of us finished with the same score. We all had different scores. If you want to say who finished third, second or first, that will come down as a tiebreaker. Okay, so there's a competition, guys. If you check the Twitter feed, as soon as the, uh, as the podcast gets up on a couple of sites, we'll be putting details up of Rookie Roulette, uh, the competition, and asking for you guys to contact us with any questions you have about the podcast, any things you want us to discuss on the podcast, anything you think we can do better to improve. This is the first episode only, guys. It's a genuine one-of-one. One. Uh, the format we're using to record this on has cut in and out. So uh, for probably the, about the 45-minute show you're getting tonight, we've probably done about three and a half hours of recording here. <laughs> <laughs> it will get better with each episode. We've got lots of topics we want to talk to. We're all very amateur at this. Uh, we're just trying to bring a bit of light-hearted entertainment banter with a bit of information about the hobby to you guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Anything else to add, gentlemen, before we... Uh, all wrap up for the night no happy collective yep nothing nothing from me looking forward to the next one okay guys uh so it's cool it's like the three runners here so it's good night from me it's good night from him and it's good night from dan in stoke good night, <laughs> <laughs> good night guys